This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Ground and pound. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe Hey, Suckers, we are back for another episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. I am your host, as it says in the theme song, Jeremy Brand. And we have a great show for you today. Justin Pirro joins us as always with his unpopular opinions. Um, this time he is guestless, uh, believe it or not. His guest uh, doesn't have one. So he's going to be talking for about 10 minutes himself about his favorite unpopular opinions of the week. I have a feeling this one's going to be good. Also joining me, and I'm very, very excited for this because it's two guys... And I got them on together this past weekend at UFC Fight Night 61. He earned $50,000 for a performance of the night. His name is Matt Dwyer. And I have him and his coach, David Lee of Toshido MMA, on at the same time to chat about his performance and what it was like to fight in Brazil. This weekend, we have UFC 184. Ronda Rousey takes on Kat Zingano, finally. Uh, I'm not going to give predictions or anything like that for this fight card because we will have the MMASucka.com predictions over on the website and you can check those out along with the rest of the staff members from that site. There's, you know, there's been stuff going on with Rousey. She seems to be the headlines of everything over the past couple weeks, uh, whether it's Cyborg, whether it's Ariane Celeste, which who cares? I mean... Really, I don't care if Ariane and Ronda Rousey have a beef with each other. That is not MMA news to me. I could care less whether they're bully comments, whether they're whatever. Who gives a shit? I definitely don't. Uh, This Friday night, we have Bellator 134. It's the British Invasion card, and it's going to be fun. I'm very excited for this one. Uh... Emmanuel Newton puts his title on the line against Liam McGeary. We thought Liam McGeary was going to get this fight a little while back. That didn't happen. Newton won his outing, and now he does take on McGeary. In the co-main event, Paul Daly takes on Andre Santos. He was supposed to take on Lima, Douglas Lima, but that didn't happen because he pulled out due to injury, and now Paul Daly takes on Andre Santos. Mohamed Kingmo Lawal... Steps up to heavyweight for the first time in years. He fought heavyweight back in the day. And he will be putting on some weight to fight against Czech Congo on this card. He's a late replacement. So uh, he won't have to cut any weight for this, which is nice because it's at the heavyweight uh, weight class. And he'll be taking on Czech Congo. Sokaju takes on Linton Vassal. And kicking off the main card on Spike TV at 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern time is Curtis Millender versus Brennan Ward. Also on Friday night, we have Invicta FC 11. This one is Cyborg fighting against Canadian Charmaine Tweet. They are giving Cyborg an outing in which she should absolutely destroy her opponent. This is for the featherweight title. 
Hopefully this means after this bout we will see Cyborg inside the octagon in the UFC. It is basically the only fight that makes sense for Ronda Rousey if she uh, gets past Kat Zingano. Even though I hear Betch Correa will be stepping inside the octagon and possibly, you know, contending next against Ronda Rousey if she gets the win. Uh, Invicta FC 11 goes down Friday night live on UFC Fight Pass. You can check that out. The preliminary card, four fights, I believe, will stream live for free on UFC.tv. And uh, before I get to my guest, I would like to thank my sponsors over at DraftKings.com. This weekend, UFC 184, they're putting together another fun uh, contest, $30,000 prize pool. First place takes home a whopping $5,000. These pay-per-view ones are bigger than uh, the fight nights, so a $2 bet can earn you $5,000. If this is your first time deposit, it is a free entry. You do not need to pay $2. Your first time deposit over at DraftKings, if you are an MMA sucker listener, enter in the coupon code MMASucker. And if you're a first-time depositor, you will earn 100% bonus up to $600. That means if you put in $600, you get $600 back. You can't complain about that. So as I said, UFC 184, this contest is a $30,000 prize pool, $2 entry. The top 4,000 people will be paid. It's a salary cap style drafting system, $50,000, and you select your top five favorite fighters. I've made my entries. Have you? Joining me now are two fellas from British Columbia. One made his sophomore outing at UFC Fight Night 61 this past weekend in impressive fashion. And the other guy was in his corner. Please welcome Matt Dwyer and his coach at Toshido MMA, David Lee, to Sucker Radio. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Now, first of all, obviously, congratulations are in due. Both of you guys, congratulations on the victory. It must feel great to get back into Canada, but huge victory in Brazil. Yeah, it was uh, uh, for Matt to come out and, and put on such a show like that. Um, I think it was really important, especially because of uh, his, you know, his debut went the way it did. So we knew going into this one that he had to make a statement, and uh, I think he really did in Brazil. Now, I heard, I saw on your Facebook page that there was a bit of a luggage issue on the way home. Uh, that must have caused, <laughs> that must have caused some stress to the already 24-hour travel experience, eh, Matt? Oh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, he, I, I got really frustrated there for a bit, but uh, whatever. I mean, they lost my luggage on the way there. They got my, my bag to me with, like, two days left or, or whatever until we had to come back, but... At least they found it, but yeah, then they lost both of our uh, bags on the way back too. And by the time we got back to Kelowna, I was just like, because I guess in Canada they don't scan the bags; they they ask you for a description of what your bag looks like. So <laughs> I don't know. I that was kind of frustrating. <laughs> now, Matt, this this was your first trek outside of Canada to fight. Uh, what was the traveling experience like? Did you feel any jet lag and whatnot, or was the hype inside you? Just the entire time you were there. Yeah, like uh, pretty much, I just toughed it out. It wasn't uh, wasn't that bad at all, uh, actually. As far as jet lag goes, I mean, yeah, it was a long flight and everything. But when I got there, I just kind of told myself, "Hey, you're here. And, you know, don't let anything uh, hold you back from doing what you have to do. If that's jet lag or whatever. I mean, I'm still going to be the same fighter when I go in there, no matter what." 
What was it like in Brazil? I mean, this was your first experience in a country like that. Just explain to people your time in Brazil leading up to the fight. I mean, fight week, you, did you get to take in anything? Oh, yeah, man. Like, the Brazilian people are great people, actually. I, I really love the Brazil people. They actually helped out uh, me and my coach quite a bit because we had like, zero Portuguese. <laughs> and we would luck out. There'd be someone around more more often than not that knew how to speak a little bit of English and help us out, the servers. and it was just, They're just great people. You know, we tried picking up a couple uh, lines. But, uh, you know, we, we had a great time. Everybody was uh, happy and healthy down there from what we noticed. And, it was really good, uh, and as far like everybody was warning me about the weather, just uh, it being really hot and humid, and I've never really dealt with humidity that much before. Uh, but when when we got there, it was it just totally reminded me of like a hot Vancouver day. Like it was really green, and it just you know you can just see the heat, the moisture in the air, and the, how hot it was. It just it kind of reminded me of Vancouver. Wow, that's cool. Now, Dave, this wasn't your first rodeo. Uh, how did this traveling? How did this traveling experience differ from your previous UFC ones? Um, well, it was definitely the farthest place I've ever been. Um, Brazil, like it's weird. You look at the map and it looks like oh, you just go a little bit past Mexico. <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> it's actually pretty much below Europe. It's, it's a six-hour time difference, and uh, it was our first time. We left around noon Monday from Canada. And we didn't get to Puerto Alegre until 6.30 p.m. the following Tuesday, like the following day. So, like, 30 hours of, like, traveling. I mean, it was, it was something else. What about the fight week experience itself? I know you've been there with Sarah Morris. You've been there with Rory. Um, what about the fight week experience in Brazil? Was, was that different? Um, well, you know, it was, it was definitely an adventure. Um, the fight week is the fight week. You know, it's, it's really the same everywhere. You know, you're, you're preparing for, you know, the fight. You're doing a lot of just uh, waiting around and, and uh, just kind of doing the waiting game. But being in a, in a foreign place like Brazil, it just added a certain level of, of adventure that you just don't get, you know, if you're fighting in North America. You know, there's a different culture. Uh, there's a lot of just, you know, little things that you're just not used to that are just uh, so interesting. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was, a, it was a great experience. Do you wish you could have stayed there a little bit longer, both you guys? Uh, or were you itching to get back to Kelowna? Um, I can't speak for Matt. I was, you know, I've got family, you know, a wife and a couple of kids. So I was happy to get home. Uh, Puerto Alegre, a lot of people don't realize that outside of Rio, it's not like beaches all over Brazil. In Puerto Alegre, there was no beaches. It was, uh, you know, we were just kind of in the city doing our thing. And um, had we been on the beach, it might have been a little different. <laughs> but uh, we, were, we were, I was happy to get home. <laughs> and that? Yeah, you know, I was definitely uh, looking forward to get back home too. But, uh, yeah, like you were saying, if there's beaches and, you know, it's got a bit of a more tropical side of things yeah you know that'd be nice but yeah we were pretty much in the concrete jungle i couldn't i could not believe how big those cities were man like especially sao paulo or it was as far as you could see sky skyscrapers it makes vancouver like completely tiny like like just a block on the map but no yeah it really uh it felt good to get home okay so following the win there there must have been a big meal post fight i'm i'm sure you have go-to meals back here in british columbia but what did you indulge in in brazil <laughs> yeah, well, after the fight, we, uh, I mean, because Matt 
had such a strong performance, he was invited to the, the post-press conference, yep. which is usually for the main event guys. And uh, so really by the time that we got home from that, it was, God, it must have been like 2.30 in the morning. And uh, so really we, you know, we everything was closed down. We grabbed a couple pizzas and a couple beers and, and – uh, before you knew it, it was like five in the morning. But you're totally <laughs> forgetting about uh, the food that the UFC had out for everybody oh, in yeah. the ice cream bar. Yeah, true. true. <laughs> there's uh, there's another room that they took us to after we saw the doctor and I got changed. After a couple of interviews, they drove us to what was called the green room. It was right behind the press conference room, and I went in there and they had like some sort of like a rice and chicken dish and some pasta, salad, and, like. You name it. They had all the Gatorade out, and like, and then they had like the tr- the treat section with the with the ice cream, and you name it, like the sauce, like everything. They had everything for your ice cream sundae. There is awesome stuff. Picked out there pretty good, and then uh, yeah, I've, I've actually been eating so much since it's ridiculous. I haven't really been putting on any weight, <laughs> anyway, but uh, I'm like pretty much not stopped eating. <laughs> it's been crazy. Yeah. That's all. That was uh, definitely all over the ice cream. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now, Matt. I mean, it was an awesome performance. It was probably the best performance I've ever seen you in. You won the fight with a Superman punch. I have seen you fight numerous times locally here in British Columbia, but never seen you really pull the trigger with that punch. Now, Dave, is this something that you guys work on a bunch in the gym? And and this question is to both of you guys actually. Yeah. Um, but we will start with you, Coach. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we try to really be versatile at Toshido, and, and we try to mix it up. Um, the biggest thing with Matt and, and the biggest growth with Matt is just his uh, getting to know his body and, and understanding how his range works in relation uh, in relation to his fighting. So, um, you know, what excited me the most? I mean, the Superman finish obviously was spectacular and it was exciting, and I mean, my I couldn't have been more thrilled. But as his coach, what really um, got me excited was Matt really clicked as far as his footwork and his range, uh, the way he was able to dictate where the fight happened. And the Superman punch was really just a setup of him being able to dictate every aspect of that fight to that point. You know, it's a technique that we use a lot in our gym, but it's, it's not a, it's, it's not like it's a, a technique that's a secret. I mean, yeah, Superman yeah. punches are trained at most kickboxing gyms around the world, but it's the timing and Matt's timing and his setup is what made it so uh, such a special technique. Yeah. Now, Matt, before you, you answer that, I, I noticed in there, you, you definitely seem like a different fighter. You were very calm, composed. Your footwork looked great. It, it was something that, that looked like you had evolved sort of to a Matt Dwyer 2.0. Was there anything different in this camp leading up to this fight in comparison to some of your older ones? Just growth, man. Like, uh, just from all my experiences uh, before, and especially uh, coming off the tough loss, it's like, and then uh, having the guys come in that we had help, help prepare me. You know, we have Shane Campbell that lives here now. Brendan Kornberg came up. We have all these guys that are helping push me. And, you know, the, the biggest thing is I just, I got to keep moving. I can't, I can't just be stationary. You know, big thing when I, when I fought Demarcus Johnson, I was taking some heavy hits, but I was standing right in front of him. Same thing uh, goes for when I fought uh, Tumay not there, but you know, like Coach said, it just it just really clicked for me that night, man. I was like, hey, and I I just really had to, I just trusted in my training. You know, I fought I fought like the way I train, and uh, you know, I just listened in my corner. It was like when we were out there, it was, we were just totally on the same page. We we're just you know, we were in sync, 
And, uh, you know, I, everything I did, I already knew what I was supposed to do. He was coaching me, telling me what to do, but I already knew what to do it. And then when, when it came time to serve that punch, like it's, it is, it's a punch that we practice, right? It's, it's, it's not a punch where you don't just throw it. You have to set it up. You have to hide it behind things. And like I was dictating, like coach was saying, I was dictate, dictating the pace and using that, that straight kick a lot to kind of keep him at bay. And then uh, I noticed he was like his hand started to drop. I lifted my knee up. I think it was like two minutes left. There's like two minutes left of the flight. I lifted my knee up and I noticed he swatted down with his hand again. And I didn't even throw the kick. I just, I just lifted up my knee. So he, in his mind, if I lift my knee, he thinks I'm going to kick him. So my coach noticed that uh, and he, Right away, he started screaming, you know, set up the Superman punch. Superman punch is there. And I I agreed. <laughs> you know, I didn't look back. And, yeah, all right. Let's do that. I, I concurred. I agreed. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm feeling you, coach. So then I like, took two steps back. He's still coming forward. And I threw it that time, though, when I threw the super, when I threw the Superman punch, he didn't actually swap down to hit my leg again. He was actually committing to a left hook. So the timing, of that, he, he was turning with the left hook and like, just left his temple wide open for me. So it was just crazy timing. It was like, yeah, really good timing. You know, couldn't ask for a better, you know, timing on my side. And then, uh, yeah, so it was just everything, uh, you know, went according to plan. Just, yeah, everything we trained to do, I did it. Let's talk about your corner a little bit. I, I know you said on your Facebook page that you heard David in your corner the entire match. And, and I know this is something that people talk about a bunch, but is this the only voice that you're able to distinguish while fighting? I mean, it, does that become instinctual as a fighter to hear your corner man and only your corner man? Oh, yeah. And like, we're not like, I mean, I, I, you hear a lot of things, but the, that's like the one voice that you've been listening to for like the last two months straight. I mean, I've been, I've been with Dave for like the last three years or so, but uh, that's the voice that I'm really used to hearing telling me what to do. I think that's kind of part of it when I'm in the cage. And, you know, and I mentioned he's got, he's got a bit of a bellowing voice when it's <laughs> time to be heard. He makes sure he's heard. And, uh, yeah, I could, I could hear him. And then, uh, and I was just really calm. So it was easy to listen to him. Is that, uh, you know, just everything went well. Is that something that you have to teach, David? I mean, to new fighters especially, to, to listen to your voice? Yeah, um, it's not something that I, that I teach directly, but, I, you know, I, I do have a very close relationship with all my fighters. And as part of that, you know, I, I really try to watch the fight from their perspective, you know, and, and the instructions that I give are instructions that, that I really feel will work in the moment rather than, you know, you hear a lot of cornermen and, and they'll be, you know, they'll be so vague, like, they're like, get up, get up. Yep, <laughs> you know? yep. And I'm sure most fighters, uh, you know, don't want to be on their backs getting their faces punched in. So <laughs> I try to be a bit more specific and, uh, you know, any, any time that I've had fights in, you know, high level, uh, uh, fight cards, you know, we it, communication has always been a really big part of our of our game plan. Talk about the, your mindset during the fight, watching Matt in there, his his new footwork that that he's worked on, obviously throughout this entire camp inside the cage. What was going on through your head as you watched Matt leading up to that finish? You know, it's uh, trainers. You know, it's one of those things. And again, you know, I, I like to to be the martyr. But, you know, training, trainers, they don't get the respect that they deserve as far as the amount of stress that they go through for these things. Because, uh, you know, fighters get to use all that adrenaline that their body produces in the fight. 
Um, and I always laugh. I always say that trainers, we have to push all that adrenaline into that cancerous black box in our belly and just let it fester. Because, uh, man, <laughs> I'll tell you, it is a stressful place to be. I oh, man, I remember, yeah, after I got the knockout and I'm looking down at him, I'm pointing at him <laughs> and, and the look in Dave's face. Look at his face. He's reaching up. He's just like, oh, I thought he was going to kill me, man. Like, he's like, oh, he's, oh, yeah, he was intense. It was awesome. When, I was excited. I was really excited. When, when you landed that punch, uh, Macario sort of, he stumbled a little bit before he went actually flat down on his face. Did you think that you had rocked him as bad as you did, or did you think he was coming no, at man. you? I just, well, yeah, like, I just, I, I, when I threw it, I was just like, I'm just, I'm just going to throw it. Like, my right hand is feeling good, and I was throwing it with intent on everything, that, whenever I threw it. But I just made sure when I, threw it, I put everything into it, and when I landed flush, I just, I just remember thinking, okay, and I saw him take the tipsy two steps backwards, and I was like, oh, I rocked him, so I sprinted at him to go and finish him, and then he was already falling face first on the mat before I could even get to him so i was like oh wow like should i just like stop right now or and i came in to hit him and i kind of saw like he was just covering up uh he didn't really his face was still i could have just hit him in the face that i i kind of switched to my left hand and i just hit him in the gloves i just kept hitting him in the gloves and then i, I, I you know i obviously like if he started moving like he looked like he was gonna start getting back up i would have definitely hit him harder and try throwing some elbows in, but you know, I just did enough for the record to push me off him. Now this yeah, was, he your, was done. yeah, for yeah, sure. This was your second octagon outing. You picked up the win. You spoke with John Anik following the fight. Shouted out all the boys back in Kelowna. What was that experience like to be on the microphone in front of the Brazilian fans? Oh man, is uh, it's all the same as uh, doing a local show. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously it's it's on the world stage, but it's just like you know, I uh, t- talking in front of a uh, thousand people or eight thousand people or whatever. It's you know, you just I, I kind of think about what I want to say. You know, if I'm in the speaking in the mic after the fight, I think about that like the week before or however long before. If you know someone helped me out a lot, and I think it, and you know, it means a lot to me. I think of how I how I'm going to word it, and yeah, and then I I just said what I wanted to say to all the boys, and what I really meant it. I was from my heart, and then I had to finish it off with El Brigado Brazil and and try to win the crowd over. <laughs> now, right off the get go, when when you knocked him out and that was finished everyone was saying let's tweet Dana White let's get him that performance of the night and you got it $50,000 that along with your fight purse sponsors whatnot that's a pretty significant payday my friend uh, do you have any plans for that money already uh, well, I'll get ready no I I was just say yeah, the plan is uh, get ready for uh, tax season. <laughs> get ready for taxes. So that's uh, that's where I'm at right now. There's only a couple things that I wanted to get. Like I, even if I didn't get the bonus or whatever, there's a couple things I wanted to get. Like you know, like a laptop and like a GoPro camera. Maybe looking and getting a new dirt bike. Uh, you know. <laughs> I know, I know you were, yeah. But that's it. That's all I want. You, you were, you were still, you were still working after that first UFC fight, correct? I mean, is this going to keep you out of the work, the job site for for the foreseeable future? Um. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I, I like working with the guys that I work with. Uh, Tony's my boss, and he he sponsored me since 
like day one, he's been with me and uh, I've, I've worked for him. And, you know, every day after work, I'd go train two, three hours after work. And if I needed a day off or, you know, he was always there supporting me. And if I needed new boxing gloves or something, he'd buy them for me, kind of do it right. He really, he helped me out, man. He's a really good guy, my boss. And then uh, plus my worker, I just I like the guys I work with. So yeah, I definitely you know I'll, I'll go back like you know if I want like two weeks or I work for the boys, work with the boys for two weeks and every month. But you know I'm do I'm I just landed a job of uh, working at a bar too, bouncing with or so and that you know that's not that's not too bad and I'm not really into partying anymore. So might as well do something be social on the weeknights. But I mean weekend nights. Now, the next thing, though, as a, as a, you know, when you have that kind of a payday as a fighter, is if you do need the time to train the heel, you now have that option. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, you don't have that option. So have that option is really important. For sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's for sure. And with that money, I mean, I know Toshido is your home, but do you ever plan on checking out other gyms for, say, cross training? Get get to train with some other guys in the UFC, or or would you? I mean, with that money, you'd also be able to bring guys to you. Yeah, I mean, uh, whatever. I could do uh, it already. Yeah, we are. We we already bring guys. Like there, you know, as long as the guys are good enough to push you in the gym. I mean, whatever. I mean, plus Rory, we're probably gonna come train with us a little bit more often or yeah, whatever. But yeah, I mean, if I went and trained, I'd go train somewhere else just to check it out. But no, Toshida's home base. No, I know that. I know that. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Like yeah, no, no. I'll definitely uh, try. Of course, you know, I gotta travel around and you know train with some other people, right? And check out some other clubs. But this is uh, this is definitely Toshida's where uh, where I'm staying. Coach, when would you like to see Matt back inside the octagon? I mean, he looked very, very impressive, but was there anything in that fight that you noticed from that outing that, that you'd like him to work on before his next UFC appearance? No, I mean, uh, with all fighters, you have to constantly evolve your game, but what what Matt did in that fight was, uh, was beautiful. You know, it's where he finally understood what, you know, I've been trying to get him to do as far as using all those gifts that he's been given with his reach and, and range. So right now it's like, okay, now you, now you understand how it works. Now let's perfect it. So, um, you know, I know he came out of that fight completely unscathed and healthy. He'd like to get in there, you know, right away. And, and, you know, so basically I just told Joe Silva, you know, whatever you want to do with Matt, let's do it. He's healthy. And, and, uh, you know, if something comes up, let us know. Matt, is there anyone on your radar? No, no, no. I mean, not really. Uh, no, just yeah, just anyone. I just uh, basically, I, I, I just want to get back in there and uh, get back to work. Like, you know, enjoy, enjoy myself for a little bit. But uh, you know, definitely, um, within within a month or two tops. You know what I mean? Like, I just, uh, yeah, we'll ride the wave. Would you I'm like to be healthy? Uh, I'm already in great shape. There's no point in waiting another three months for a fight, and you know. I'm already fight camp ready for sure, so let's uh, let's do it. Would you like to be on that Montreal card? Well, what date is the Montreal card? I think it's in May. I mean, it's coming out in May. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I would. I wouldn't see why not. Now, finally, Coach Dave, uh, you have some serious talent in the confines of Toshido. Uh, we've seen them on the local scene. Who are some people that we should keep an eye out in the not so distant future? Oh man, you know uh, we. This is a, a we 
we manufacture tough people out of here. You know, we've got a notorious tough training camp that, you know, that people know, you know, outside of our team. And uh, we've got a lot of young guys coming up, but, the, you know, Sarah's going to be up next. She's going to be fighting here, hopefully right away in the UFC, making her, uh, her second appearance. Um, Shane Campbell, who's now part of our team, is as legit as they come. And, and uh, you know, it's, I would not be surprised one bit if he gets the call to the USC uh, sooner than later here. You know, it was really cool. You know, we had two uh, KO finishes in two weeks out of our camp that have gone viral. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Hadouken finish from Shane at World Series has close to a million views. And uh, now Matt Superman Punch has got almost a half a million views. No, it's actually like 840,000. Well, excuse me. Yeah, pardon, pardon me, sir. Pardon me. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, to have two of your guys put on performances that have gone viral in, in the same month is, you know, what, what do you say? I mean, we're we're uh, just so proud right now with the guys. No kidding. What did you think of that Hadouken uh, fireball that, that he threw, Shane Campbell? Uh, well, that's, you know, that's something that we work in our private class. That's very, very secret. <laughs> you know, when, uh, we don't, when, uh, when Toshito plays with chi balls, we, we keep it real. So, uh, no, that was, you know, Shane's been, you know, he's got so much experience, you know, he's, he's 11 and two as an MMA fighter, but man, that guy's had like 90 Muay Thai fights and, you know, with that kind of experience, he he always plays in there when he when he gets going. So I wasn't surprised to see some. He told me uh, he told me a long time ago that that's something that he's always wanted to do after a, a toe stab to the body, and uh, to see him do it was uh, not surprising, but still pretty entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> they are UFC welterweight Matt Dwyer and his coach from Toshido MMA, David Lee. Thanks for joining me today, guys. And and Matt, just let people know pleasure. where they yeah, can get a hold of you guys in the social media universe. Dave, you first. Uh, what was that? Sorry. Just let people know where they can social get a hold media. of you guys in the social media universe. Oh well, I mean we're uh, we have you know, our website Toshido.ca. Uh, we're also on Facebook Toshido MMA Club, um, and uh, yeah, it, we're not hard to find. Matt, I'm on uh, I, I'm on Instagram uh, Fighter underscore Matt. You know Facebook. I gotta get my uh, I gotta get a Facebook page. I think started up and uh, Twitter uh, Matt. Matt Dwyer MMA and that's it once again congratulations guys and I can't wait to see the next Octagon appearance from yourself Matt and the other Toshido fighters coming up awesome man thank you very much for having me thanks a lot Hello again, everybody. It's me, Justin Pirro, back again for more unpopular opinions here on Sucker Radio at MMASucker.com Unfortunately, I don't have any guests this week, but uh, we'll bring them back next week. I do have a couple of things on my mind, though. First thing, Ariane Celeste did not take kindly to some criticism that Ronda Rousey had about Ring Girl Pay. And you know what? Why are we even caring about Ariane Celeste? She walks around in a tiny little outfit holding up cards with the number of the round. She goes, she does some promotional appearances, fine. I'm sorry, but she does not have anywhere near as tough a job as any of the female fighters who, quite frankly, should be getting paid more. Oh, my job is so hard, I have to stay in shape, and I have to look good. No, that's 
your job. That is the life you chose. That is the life you lead. And there is only one guarantee. None of you will see heaven. Sorry. Had to quote cataclysm there. But uh, it's not the same as getting punched in the face for a living. And a meager living at that. You want to go tell Liz Carmouche that you deserve to get paid more than she does? You want to go tell Marion Renault that you deserve to get paid more than she does? You want to go tell Carla Esparza or Felice Herrig you deserve to get paid more than they do? No. No. You have... You are actually the bully, Ariane Celeste, because after all, Ronda Rousey does has never been arrested for beating a guy up. That's right, you've been arrested for domestic abuse. So, you know, a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black, I suppose, but uh, you know what? You're wrong. Suck it up. Accept it. You're lucky the UFC even keeps you on. You're lucky the UFC even keeps ring girls because, quite honestly, they're not necessary these days. With the advent of video screens, ring girls are not necessary. It's very easy to show what round it is up on those screens. People, even if they're drunk, can look up. You're just there because you're a relic. You're an outdated, obsolete job. So just thank your lucky stars that the UFC hasn't realized that. And, you know, find some way to contribute to the world in a positive manner. Because I'm sorry, but walking around with your boobs hanging out that's not the best thing you can be doing. Go volunteer at a soup kitchen. Okay, moving on. Ronda Rousey versus Kat Zingano. I am amazed at the things that people are saying. Or they're, the straws they're clutching at to make some kind of criticism of Ronda Rousey. Now she's got implants. I'm sorry. I just, I don't see why any intelligent combat athlete would go and get breast implants they affect your balance they affect your weight cutting i'm sorry but large bazooms in general they just they don't i don't think they lend well to weight cutting what you remember how gina carano seldom made weight you don't think that up top was part of the problem you don't think that was maybe something she wasn't willing to sacrifice you know, maybe I'm being too judgmental, maybe I'm being sexist, I don't know. But I all I know is I honestly don't think that Ronda Rousey would have gone and gotten a boob job. It just, it doesn't make sense. If you want to see how it can affect your balance, go back to the WWE. Oh, I know, yes, I'm telling you to go watch pro wrestling. But, hear me out. Back when she was in ECW as Miss Congeniality... Before she had her implant, she was doing moonsaults, she had no balance issues... After she came to the WWE and was surgically enhanced. Well, her balance was never the same. One of her big things was doing what they call a moonsault. It's basically a three-quarter backflip off the top rope. And uh, after she was uh, enhanced, her balance was never the same. And every time she did it, it looked like she was going to break her neck. So, for somebody whose biggest skill relies so importantly on balance, well, why would they do something so stupid as to get a surgery to get implantations 
that would negatively affect that balance. That makes no sense to me. And you can say, oh, she got bigger. Oh, well, maybe she's one of those lucky people where the weight goes to positive places. So, suck it up. Stop looking for things to criticize the woman about. Just accept the fact that she is a dominant champion and she happens to be able to look decent doing it. Now that we've got the comedy out of the way, I want to talk about something serious. We had Frank Mir versus Antonio Bigfoot Silva last week, headlining the UFC Fight Night 61 card in Brazil. And I situations like that make me wonder just who should be responsible. How responsible are the coaches, the athletic commissions, the UFC managers? How responsible should they be or must they be in letting a fighter know when maybe it's time to hang up the gloves? Because quite honestly, I would be happy if neither man fought again. And I mean that out of concern for their health and well-being. Yes, this is a violent sport, but when guys are on that kind of decline and are getting KO'd that often, it really is time for them to either take a break or flat-out retire. And really, I, I, th- I would think that a proper manager who's actually looking out for their charge would be starting to think of exit strategies, would maybe be encouraging their fighters to, hey, you're in the UFC now, you're making pretty decent money, why don't you do, some, why don't you do this college course part-time? You know, you're only doing two workouts a day, you can go and do this two-hour class while you're at it. You know, you're sitting, you're resting effectively, so why not? I... I'd actually really like to talk with a manager or a fighter or even somebody from an athletic commission about this. I mean, I can't believe that the Brazilian Athletic Commission let Frank Mir fight. I mean, the guy's obviously brain damaged. You have to be if you're going to walk out to fucking Macklemore. And Antonio Bigfoot Silva, you knew he was never going to be the same after the TRT ban, and he's probably the only guy who ever could medically get away with having it for a legitimate reason. Or TRT. But, you know, I don't want to see mixed martial artists ending up like these old football players, all these old hockey players, old baseball players, living off their glory days and not really having anything to show for it. I don't want to see that happen to guys like Cowboy Cerrone. I don't want to see that happen to Frank Mir, Antonio Bigfoot Silva, or anybody. And you shouldn't either. So I think it's time to start asking these questions, especially because we're, you know, two or three generations in. So, you know, let's start thinking about this. Oh, and since I'm doing the solo thing, I want to just shout out... Like, the half of the 1FC office staff that seems to be following me now. That's cool. I appreciate it. I'd love to have Vic Kui on the show. So if he ever wants, get in touch. You can find me on Twitter, as always. Hit me up with your complaints and grievances at Stormland Brand. And I'm going to throw this back to Jeremy after a word from our sponsors. Onit.com. That's right. Onit.com, the home of total legal competition legal human enhancement that's right they make all your favorite supplements they make alpha brain 
Shroom Tech Sport, and the newly formulated T+. They also have kettlebells in a variety of amusing shapes and sizes, as well as maces, battle maces, you know, I don't, maces, it's crazy. They've got weighted vests, they've got pretty much anything that you might need for your workout. So, go to onit.com, that's O-N-N-I-T dot C-O-M, and enter the coupon code M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A, M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A at checkout for 10% off. Go on. Alpha Brain is one of the only things that we here at MMA Sucka, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Joe Rogan can agree on. Because there's very few things that we can all, that all three of us can agree on. We're a, that's a very disparate group, you know. So, go to onit.com and use the coupon code MMA Sucka, M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A, for 10% off your purchase at checkout. All right, folks, before we let you go here, let's touch on some news that came down last night on Wednesday. UFC Tonight broke. As I said earlier, Bet Correa is flying into Los, Ang- Los Angeles to watch the Rousey versus Singano fight live. What that means, who knows? It could mean she's getting into the cage afterwards to stare down the winner. I highly doubt it, but you never know. Also on UFC Tonight, they announced that Brendan Schaub could possibly be dropping down to light heavyweight. 205 pounds, is it good for him to make the cut? Do you think he can make the cut down to 205? Who knows? But uh, that's a possibility, and that's what Brendan Schaub may be doing. Also, a rumor has it that Michelle Waterson, also known as the Karate Hottie, may be coming over to the UFC women's strawweight division. Uh, That would be fun. She'd have to move up in weight because we know that she fights at 105 pounds. She won the atomweight title from current UFC strawweight fighter uh, Jessica Penne. Sorry about that. I just sort of bit over my tongue there. Uh, Jessica Penne sort of had her way with her in that fight. She was much bigger than her until the karate hottie nabbed that armbar. So, I mean, who knows? She will be small for the division, but she might have the speed. So those are that. That is that. Another awesome show in the books. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Make sure you check out my sponsors, DraftKings. Head on over to DraftKings.com. Make your $2 entry in the $30,000 prize pool for this weekend's UFC 184 contest. First place wins $5,000. As I said, the top 4,000 people will be paid. The contest starts Saturday, February 28th. At 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. It is salary cap style drafting $50,000 to select your five favorite fighters. How many of you will be choosing Ronda Rousey? Hmm, I wonder. If you're a first-time depositor, enter in the coupon code or promo code MMASUCKA. That's M-M-A-S-U-C-K-A. If you don't know how to spell that by now, you should not be listening to this show. If you enter in that promo code, you will get... A 100% bonus up to $600. It doesn't matter if you enter, or doesn't matter if you deposit $25. Doesn't matter if you deposit $200. Heck, it doesn't matter if you deposit $600. You will be getting a 100% bonus back up to $600 for first time depositors. So head on over to DraftKings.com, enter in the promo code MMASUCKA, and check out the UFC 184 contest this weekend. Also, check out MMASucker.com. We have some cool stuff coming up this week. Our UFC 184 predictions will be out on Friday. I will have a piece out on Alan Joban, who I had on the show last week. And uh, 
The written version of that interview put into an article, a feature article, will be up later this week before UFC 184 as he fights this weekend um, against Richard Walsh. Check that out. Also, follow MMA Sucka on Twitter at MMA Sucka. Follow myself at Jeremy Brand 604 Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MMA Sucka. And with that, I'm out. Just an average dude, and now I've become a catalyst. Make connection between fighters and fans. Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it. Analyst analysis, study the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist. Building up the hype before a fight that's ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist. Spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness as we collaborate. Mikey Ruckus, Jeremy Brandis, we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision and the yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio. Sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio. Sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, suck a suck radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show where you can stream online. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, suck a suck radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, suck a suck radio. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, suck a suck radio. Come and listen, it's about that time. Yes, download the show or you can stream online. Out.